Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And welcome to episode 18. How are you, man? I'm good. Good. Not too tired today? No, actually not. Yesterday, whole different, whole different me. But today, not yeah. too bad. Yeah, it was a nice day. Uh, we had a little rain. Woke up to some thunder. Uh, I slept in a little bit today, and we rode a big ride yesterday, which we'll get to, but I wanted to ride a little bit more this morning to, you know, hit a goal, but... It was just super nice, and we kind of just, you know, sat out on the porch, had coffee, and just with her mom and you know Mother's Day's today and all that. So it, we just kind of hung out as a little family unit and just had a good morning. Yeah, I mean, per you, I'm an orphan, so uh, <laughs> I didn't true. have to worry about that. And I went out on a ride and yeah. enjoyed the beautiful rain, and yeah, it was really nice. Oh yeah, it was nice for sure. I think especially because how it's been, it's felt even better. Oh yeah, it was really cool this morning. So looking at the calendar, it's going to be really nice this week as far as weather goes. So pretty exciting. Big rides coming. Yeah. So uh, let's get right to it. How can people find us? Yeah, they can get to us at Post Ride Cafe on Twitter and at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram. And hopefully, my computer's a little bit on the fritz. So. Limited on videos right now, but yeah. I'll have some other pictures and posts up and of our ride in Sedona. Yeah, give us a like, give us a follow, all that jazz. You can find our Strava profiles on our show notes if you wanted to check those out and see, you know, what we're up to or whatever. Feel free. We would love to to see you guys. Well, let's get right into our Strava stats of the week. Stats, Dean. Yeah. Well, this week, eighty-two miles and forty-five hundred feet. Not bad. I mean, the, the climbing uh, feet per mile is up there for you. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I was at 170 miles and 64.50 for feet. Thanks for not rounding up. Uh, I actually did. You were at 64.47. Oh, okay. So, you're welcome. Thanks. Yep. And uh, ride of the week, we both have the same one. Uh, we did a nice ride in Sedona on Saturday. Yeah, I was... Really wanting to get out of town because it, it, we were saying it had been so hot, um, and there was the potential of a, a ride out in a Prescott, and just this one just seemed better. So and yeah, I, I've actually never ridden a road bike in Sedona. Yeah, and I really wanted to, so we took a little trip up there and mm -hmm. got fooled by Google Maps. Oh yeah, <laughs> for a, a ride that we were planning to do when we got up there, and but it ended up not being possible, and we kind of did a last uh, little quick alteration when we got up there, and and you you kind of already researched Sedona a little bit as it was, so you kind of had a backup in mind, so it ended yeah, up working out pretty well. I knew there was a fair amount of kind of the same stylish of climbs that we have out here that are shorter and steep, so I knew we could get a you know we were kind of going for climbing feet and obviously just. For the atmosphere. Yeah. But I will say Sedona looks a lot nicer from a bicycle than it does a car. Yeah. Descending around some of those curves and then you crest over a hill and then see like the, the canyon kind of open up. It was yeah. really pretty. Yeah, it was. Uh, the So the like you had mentioned earlier, there was that ride that might have gone on in Prescott and there were some people talking about kind of not really meeting up obviously with everything going on, but just we're all going to be doing this loop. And if you want to, you know, you've been seeing that on Reddit where there's people doing you know, group rides that used to exist, and now they're doing individual time trial rides or whatever. So they're all going on the same ride at the same, near the same time, but not keeping their distances. And so, you know, we were thinking about going to Prescott, and after we looked at the ride, I was kind of interested. You know, I wanted to get out of town a little bit as well, but 
it is a little tough to say, I'm going to take my whole day and do something. But we talked, you had mentioned maybe Sedona, and I kind of didn't think that they were relatively time-wise the same distance. And so when we kind of realized that, I was like, I could be way more into that. Yeah, it honestly probably all took about the same amount of time. Yeah, we, we added a few things into the day, you know. Which worked so out nicely. Made it pretty worthwhile. So, And someone learned about a new law. That was, <laughs> yeah. I'm a cautious driver. And uh, yeah, I got I got pulled over for not not moving over to give, give a police car enough space. Yeah, he's like, it's a new law. It's from nine years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, I had no idea. And like, typically we would get over for a police officer if there's lights or if a person has their lights on or a truck or something. You want to make room so... You know, they don't feel threatened and, you know, whatever. But for whatever reason, we just spaced it when we were driving, and or you did anyway. But, like, yeah, it just didn't seem necessary. I think that cop was, like, even further off of the shoulder into the dirt a little bit. So it didn't make a lot of sense, but... I'm like, hey, buddy, try riding in a bike lane and having a semi pass you and then tell me what feels safe. <laughs> yeah, that actually reminds me. On Monday, I did a ride with a little tailwind up through Lake Pleasant, kind of like what you, got, what you do pretty regularly during the week. And I was on Lake Pleasant Parkway going up, and there was a decent amount of traffic at that time. It was like 6 o'clock at night, you know, so it was right at rush hour-ish. And this guy with a truck pulling like a toy hauler, like RV or something, whizzed right past me, like, and pretty close to me anyway. Like, yeah, it was the... It was one of the worst feelings I've felt in a long time. On a you bike. get like sucked in. It yeah. feels like you're gonna get yeah pulled pulled in there. It's, yeah, it's bad. Well, even with an eighteen wheeler, I've, I've felt it, but this felt worse. I feel this guy was a little a little too close to me. It was pretty. Uh, it sucks. Nerve wracking for that exact second that they passed by, but I was like, oh. But that that road can be a little crap because there is a lot of people with boats and stuff going up to the lake. So. There was there was quite a few this morning. But yeah, anyway, as far as the ride goes, it was really it was really nice. We started at the little uh, ranger station slash visitor center and rode up through the village of Oak Creek and then into Sedona. And then well, we were, our original plan was to take this road called Schnebly Road, which is like a back road through up to the freeway. And per Google Maps, it showed an asphalt road the entire time. And uh, for it's like an 11-mile route, route, and it's a lot of climbing. And so we were really interested in that. And we get there, and it was only like a mile and a half. And then it turned into like an off-road, dirt road only. Yeah, and that mile and a half wasn't very good either. I no, the asphalt have, I wouldn't have crap. done 10 miles or whatever on that. Yeah. The descending would, would have sucked. Yeah. So we decided to call an audible, and we went through and hit all of the little trailheads that are co common and popular to hike, and just rode to those. And we, sit, we hit three or four little kind of popular hiking destinations, and so... Ended up being a pretty nice day, like you said, just seeing all the vistas and the different mountain views that you can see in Sedona. Just kind of slow and up close, in a sense. It was, I really enjoyed it. I had somebody to chase down, you know. That's true. There was a guy that passed us when we had stopped, and then you naturally just chased him down. You're like, well, I'm going to stop in a little bit to take some photographs. Didn't even stop. You just flew through, and then you ended up just pulling the guy for like five or six miles. Yeah, it was, he's like, yeah, good pull. And I'm like... I bet, buddy. I was like, I was working hard for like five or six miles. Yeah. yeah. But highlight climb, Skyline Drive, if you get out there, Sam loved it. <laughs> you know, I did. I just happened to take the wrong turn because you're like, all right, you take a right here and then it's going to split and you want to take the left side. And that, that is correct. But what I ended up doing was taking a left turn and not a left split. 
And so I took that and it wasn't very long, but I ended up taking that for a second. And then I had to go back and then take the rest of the climb and it ends like at 12% or something. And after 48, 50 miles, I was pretty tired. And it, it was really hot. I was, I was like drenched in sweat. It ended up being pretty warm at that point. There was no clouds. In the that view, was though, was a, a nice way to end the ride. So if you yeah, get it out was there, very nice. Skyline Drive, either to start or end your ride, I think it's pretty cool because it's, it's almost back to the visitor center as well, where right around where the bike lane starts or end, depending where you start as well. So it's, I think that's a good spot. You know what it reminded me of, actually? Without being as steep, but it reminded me a lot of the extended Choya climb. Yeah, because you're kind of going through a, it's a it's, it's a, a little twisty. personal neighborhood and it's nice nicer homes and so you have nice views of houses and cool properties and then it's twisty and and going up so it's pretty nice but it only caps at like twelve where the Choya extended is like eighteen percent yeah it's like whatever. eighteen or twenty it's it's pretty it's crazy, pretty brutal descending too but it reminded me of that a lot actually yeah and I did see a little snake on the road so that was <laughs> always a pleasure that's one of our favorite things in the summer is snakes literally just flowing through the streets pretty much they like they they uh they stop traffic yeah yeah no uh but yeah in the summertime in the spring especially the late spring you start seeing snakes on the road and so yeah i saw one in sedona even there you go they are everywhere but yeah overall i thought the ride was pretty cool I, like i said i hadn't been i don't go up to sedona very much i'm not a big fan of tourist traps so like i've never been like the most famous thing in sedona besides the crystals is the uh Vortexes? Yeah. No, uh, Slide Rock. Oh, yeah. I've never been to Slide Rock. Never it's been to Slide Rock in my crowded. life. Yep. I just well, I refuse to go. Another tip on Sedona. Like, do everything before 8 a.m. Because most things don't even open that early. So people aren't out. And it's just far more clear. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few, like, dedicated people, like, out on some trails and stuff. Sure. But it's so much less crowded. Yeah, overall, I would say the the riding there was it was fine. It wasn't like unique to that location, but the scenery was. So it was nice to see some of the like I said the views on a bike because you get to kind of come up on them, or when you're cresting a little hill and all of a sudden, like you said, the two or three mountain you know vistas and red rocks kind of just appear ahead of you. Like it was it was really cool to see all that, and the traffic currently wasn't too bad. There was a lot of people out hiking and stuff, but on the way back, uh, it was probably. 10-ish, 10.30, like there was just cars coming up, like it was just ludicrous, but early morning, it seems I think we ran into a dude and he said, I think every Saturday, it's a group ride, group ride or whatever, I don't think it's going now, but like, you know. yeah, he was like, yeah, at the Circle K or something, so yeah. if you get up there as well, group yeah. ride on Saturday at some time, I don't know when it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> we're very helpful in that regard, so. At just, some Circle K in Sedona on a Saturday. Yeah. I would imagine there's only two or three Circle Ks, so. You know, by the third week, you might find the group ride. True. But yeah, let's get into some cycling news. Nothing too big going on this week. But, you know, last week we had talked about that leaked world tour calendar, and maybe it was real, maybe it wasn't. We kind of talked about if it was real, what did we think about it? But it turns out, basically ended up being real. Yeah, there's some few changes, but pretty close. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, it was the Tour de France pretty much has an open schedule. It's not competing with anything except uh, Trina Adriatica, and it looks like there's some, you know, GP Quebec in Montreal. Michael Matthews is stoked. He's pretty stoked. He's going to have no one to compete against. He's yeah. pretty much a shoe in for winning that one. 
I would, I want to see if he goes to those. Yeah, that would. And be he's like, fun. you know, they just work with my calendar and my training a little better. I mean, to be fair, if he's really only focused on classics this year, then that makes sense. Because right after the Tour de France, you're going to get two or three big classic races. And the World Championships, so. Yeah, so, but anyway, I, I think all the big players are just going to go to the Tour de France. That's just oh, how yeah. it is. Yeah. But yeah, you have, same thing, Strada Bianchi kind of starts the season, and you have Milan San Remo, and then a couple small little stage races to prepare everyone for the Tour de France. And then after that, you have the Giro with a few more of the hilly, you know, what do they call those? The Ardennes Classics. Yeah, Ardennes Classics, and then... A little over uh, clash with the Vuelta in the last week. They both are on at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine calendar for what they have to do. I mean, there's really nothing you can really do about it. Yeah, I think if, if they can get everything that's on here done, I, I think it's the best you could do. Yeah, they're still not set in stone about whether they're all going to be going, but if they are going, this is their calendar dates. And you can find those on the internet, Reddit or Cycling News or whatever. It's pretty simple to find, but... Yeah, overall, for what for what problems they had to solve, they did a pretty good job of putting it all in a calendar and a relatively, you know, straightforward path. Yeah. And, of course, the Tour de France is going to have the least amount of complications because it's the premier race. Like we had talked about earlier this week, and I think a few other people had commented online, if the Tour de France wasn't going on, none of this other stuff would be going on. Yeah, I think it's 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 definitely centered around it, and that's why the calendar centered around it. It's if that wasn't going to happen, people were just like, "Well, what's what's the point of the season?" Because that's it's the big money maker, and I, I even notice even on most of the streaming sites, we you know usually get NBC Gold, but it's it's always the best quality too, and yeah. they have like the best like graphics where they're moving around the guys like, on the screen to, to mm-hmm. kind of show, like, the Peloton and how, like, they got, like, real, like, you know, where you see the NFL stuff, they, like, move the guys around on the screen. That's the only one who does all that stuff. Yeah, it has, like, a, it actually has a legitimate, like, pre-game show. There's, like, a know. budget for it, yeah. And yeah, they, they go all out on that one for sure. So, yeah, that's the only race that does it. And, like, I think, obviously, all innovation for any commentary or any pre-show segments or pre-stage segments all have to come from the Tour de France as a tester. And if they get the technology down, they can start implementing it in others. But it's coming. I mean, it's nice to see them update that stuff because, you know, back in a decade ago when I first started watching, it was just them talking, you know. And so seeing what wind in a digital f- graphics of what wind looks like in an echelon and how riders are protected, it just helps teach you what's going on as a viewer. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd say it along with that, Egan Bernal said he's – it's all for him. He's not uh, gonna sacrifice for Froome or uh, Thomas. Yeah, you know we have a calendar. People are kind of saying, "Here's what I want. Here's my goals." And so the biggest, you know, statement so far was Bernal, and I don't blame him. You know, I don't know what's gonna happen. To be quite honest with you, if Froome has really good form going into the tour, I just I want to say Team Sky is logical enough as they've shown in the past that they'll just stick with their best chance of winning. But I also think they owe a lot to Froome, so they might just try to make him the leader. And I, and Bernal's it's just staying up front. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it would be interesting because it's it's weighing. I think Bernal has so many more years to win, so many more races. But like you were saying, Froome also has put in so much work and has a lot of wins. You know, do you honor that or do you try not to piss off your young? 
guy so he doesn't yeah. go somewhere else. Maybe he won't because he's in a really good place, but there's also plenty of other people on that team to take his spot. Yeah. You know, Carapaz is on there now, mm-hmm. who is also looking great when he was winning the Giro. Yeah. So it's like, you know, which way do you go if if it, if they come in level, say? Well, what I was thinking, if, if they come in level or Froome looks like he's pretty recovered and Thomas is looking good, like, what if they just didn't bring him? <laughs> that's i could see that, something that, like that one happen. he would he would leave i think yeah if he didn't bring him i would say he'd be more inclined to stay if they were just like well you can do what you want but we're not going to give you support or if they kind of force him like solaire and they're like well you have to do this and they call him back or whatever yeah. and he's pissed off in the moment if you like do not get brought like i don't know like that happened like caleb ewan was yeah. like mad about that yeah, sam bennett was mad about that yeah both of those guys off the team after that, because I—that's a bigger thing where it's, yeah. where it's like really shunned that you're like, we don't even want you. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see how that folds. I—I I mean, I think Sky's problems are probably gonna be solved because Froome may not just not recover. Oh, Ineos. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's the same team. But yeah, Ineos won't have that problem because I just don't know if Froome will come back. I, I want to see it, but Bernal is. I don't buy the argument of he's young and he has plenty of tours to win because that may be true on paper. In reality, he could never win another tour again. Well, For whatever yeah. reason. Maybe he gets injured and he has to quit the sport physical, or whatever. Yeah. I guess I'm just going based on like on paper of physical yeah. where he has not even hit his prime and the other two guys are far on what should be their decline. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the logic. I'm yeah. just saying if I was Bernal, like nothing's guaranteed. Well, no, so, no, no, for him. I just mean for the team where yeah. they're weighing those sure. two things because I just think it's they're looking argument. ahead. Yeah, I don't. We'll see. That that is an interesting statement and definitely one we kind of talked about, you know, this week. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, in, in a few short what four months or whatever. <laughs> I don't even want to know when the Tour de France starts. It's like what two? September, August, end of August. Oh, end of August. That's right. So don't don't say four. I was like, I'll start three feeling and a half, bad. Three and a half months. I need some racing. All right, man. That's true. You're gonna have to wait until uh, what August first. That's not that bad. No, that's like almost my birthday time. Basically, it's gonna be a pretty good birthday week. I got started oh. Bianchi and Milan San Remo. I was gonna throw it out. We need to either make some barbecue, break out the smoker, or get some Little Miss barbecue for uh, one of the races. Maybe, maybe the opening of that. I was like, I wanna. Well, Strade Bianchi would be nice. It's on a Saturday, so our other buddy could watch as well. So we could have a nice Saturday. You know. And if he's allowed to. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, well, let's get right into our topic of the week. We want to talk about teams. We're talking about CCC team today. And let's quickly blast their 2019 stats. Last year, they were ranked 20th. And that was down 12 from 2018. And that was partly because they lost their sponsorship and they had to, at the very last minute, find riders and stuff. And they only had one GBA. Yeah, and because they kind of let everyone go. They yep. were like, well, if you can find somewhere, exactly. go ahead because we aren't sure if there's going to be a team. And Yep, they, so their main older. riders all found other teams. And so they didn't really have any big star riders. And lost so TJ, dude. Uh, TJ, it was an asset. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why they went down 12. Uh, they had six victories, two of them World Tour. GBA won uh, Montreal. Poor, poor Matthews. And then Patrick Bevan won the Santos Tour Down Under Stage 2. And then in 2018, they had 23 victories and 14 World Tours. So 
Big you difference. Know, big difference. Um, team identity, GVA, that was it. They were in search of an identity. They didn't have one. But this year, I think they'll be, uh, I think they'll be, they'll be finding their identity. Yeah, I think the, the big signings on that would be Mateo Trenton and uh, Ilnor Zakarian. Which, so you have another classics guy to help out GVA or to kind of be that dual prong approach or just another option. I'm not going to you know, call it a quick step, but just at least someone else to either go off the front, help them out, vice versa. Yep. And to have some sort of GC threat in Zakarian or maybe a short, uh, like stage a stage race. race or stage hunting something. They just really didn't have much. Yeah. Real quick, their main loss this last year, uh, not a huge loss, he retired, so he's kind of getting up there, but it's Lawrence Tendam. Great personality, just a cool dude. They had a little video with him we watched on YouTube or something where he did after his last race, him and his friend, a couple friends, like rode from the race back home, and it was uh, 300 kilometers or something, and they did it over a couple days, and it was just neat to kind of watch those things, and they just, like we said before with all the other ones, they just let you understand the riders a little bit more, which I think would help a lot, not just the two or three best riders have all the publicity. Yeah, it's a cool send-off. I think, um, I mean, we talked about the Lotto guys kind of did something similar. They were going to do a bike packing thing. I, I know that um, Daniel Oss has done something similar and just these long things just for fun. Yeah. It's training, but it's still fun in the off-season. Yep. But yeah, so they're key riders. We've already discussed, you know, Greg Van Evermont, Matteo Trenton, and Ilnar Zacharin. Those are their three focal pieces. And uh, you know, having said all those little introductions, what, uh, what's your thoughts on the team? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those where it's they were really bad last year, so it's hard to see them going down but I just don't know if it's enough of what they brought in. They have a couple guys, but I think Trenton's a, a definite real option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Zakarian, that Zacharin, I don't know. I don't see him really doing much. He was been on the downslide. I know being on Katusha is going to put you on that in general. Yeah. But he just really never panned out, I think, due to some crashes and mm-hmm. a, a few other things. I also just think nutrition. He's just not big enough. He's too he's, skinny. He's thin, yeah. Well, he comes in, like we made that joke about Hugh Carthy. Like, he looks like Chris Froome after the Tour de France. You yeah. know, like, that's how Zacharin looks. He looks already emaciated before he even shows up. You know, so he doesn't have a lot left to lose during the race. You know, you got to come in a few pounds heavy for the Tour de France because you're going to lose a few pounds and more yeah. during the race. There's no way to eat enough for them. Like, yeah. it's not happening. Even a personal drip. But yeah, so me, same thing. I, I don't dislike the team. Uh, I thought last year was really tough for them because they had lost some riders when they lost their sponsor and it allowed graciously allowed their people under contract to go find another team. And so they did lose a lot of their, you know, core group. And so they had to kind of hobble together, you know, when the CCC team took it over, they already had a pro continental team. And so you had a basically a pro continental team sort of uplifted to the world tour that wasn't ready. And so you saw that. And the expectation from the management wasn't to go out and win a lot, so getting a few victories for them was was a good sign. But I think they were hoping for you know at least ten. You know, and they only got to six, so it's going to be hard for them not to get more victories. But in reality, with this small calendar, it's actually I don't you can't really say anything, right? Since yeah. there's only big races and there's no little races right now, all you have is the big stage. I don't think they're ready to compete on that yet. But I'm 
still wouldn't be surprised if GBA or Trenton won a Classics this year. Yeah, I could see it just like one of those off-chance things where, not not to take away from Betty All's Flanders win, but there was a, a portion where it just seemed like nobody wanted to chase and nobody wanted to do any work, and mm-hmm. he was up front, and he continued on. So if something like that happens, I could see it. Yeah, but, but I think in this in this shortened calendar, you're not going to oh, see any no. of that. People's going, people are going all out. We saw it at the last race in Perry Nice where... Every, I mean, that was amazing to watch. Yeah. Every race, people won. They thought the, the race itself was going to get canceled. They wouldn't even get to the end. Yeah. And so they were racing every stage like it was the last one, and it was like a one-day classic. It was Yeah, it was pretty it was cool. So I, anyway, back to CCC. Uh, do you think they're going to find an identity? You know, with this shortened season, it's hard to say, but... I don't think so. I think they're going to try to focus on classics I, because that's really the only thing they have. I don't see the the team being deep enough, which it wasn't the other year either, mm-hmm. yeah. to provide enough support for either of those guys. I think they'll have to really work together and maybe somebody sacrifice for another and be yeah. okay with that, which is tough in a short calendar, but maybe they can figure out something amongst themselves, like you go for that or whatever's feeling feeling good that day. Yeah, I think they were on track to find an identity, but yeah, in the shortened calendar, it just... It, it, I don't. You can't expect that from any team right now. They're just trying to figure it out. So um, maybe next season we can have that discussion and, and see how it goes in the off season. But right now it's just so few races that it's just going to be full gas the whole three months. Uh, as far as Trenton goes, I think it's a great pickup. Um, he'll be on a team that he actually has support, which about him and GVA is kind of on the down slide just because he's reaching the age where near retirement age. He only has a couple more years, so. Trenton is a great pickup for them to start building and continuing to build their Classics team with him. He obviously has potential. I think for him, I expect him to really target uh, Strade Bianchi and Milan San Remo. Yeah. I mean, he is an Italian rider, so he also just has the skill set to sprint in Milan San Remo. So I and think I that's think his climb mentor. a little bit. Like yeah. He's a little bit lighter than some of the other Classics guys. So I could see that working. Yeah, that's my pick for him. Uh, if he's going to win a race this season, it's going to be Milan San Remo. All right, I like it. So, but um, I think another thing, like rebuilding this team, is going to be the young riders, mm-hmm. and a couple of them that they picked up this year. Um, I'm not going to be able to pay, say that name, either of them. <laughs> Attila Walter. <laughs> yeah, so he was the national champion um, in individual tri- time trial in Hungary. Uh, looks like he won the Tour of Hungary. Or he got third. Oh, okay. Third. I was looking at the uh, beginning portion here. Yeah, he did a couple like little GC rides. Like you know, he's he's twenty one. You know, so I don't really we don't really know much about him. It looks like he did a lot of like Baltic rides and races, kind of in the vicinity of Hungary. But definitely a good pickup for them. I mean, he won the national time trial championships of Hungary, not under twenty one or something. So it shows potential there. I don't know a lot of like premier time trialists in Hungary, but still, being 21 and winning a national jersey is pretty impressive yeah. at, at any country. So that, and then Tour of Hungary is a, a mid-sized race, and so all the races that he kind of had last year that he did well in were all in GC-type rides, and he was podiumed in three or four of them. So he obviously has a bent, based on his previous results, of trying maybe for stage races or something of that nature, so it'll be interesting to see I would imagine if I was CCC team, I'm going to bring him to one of the Grand Tours. 
and like maybe toward yeah. Poland or something, right? So I expect to see him there. Uh, but it just shows like, hey, they have a, a pretty quality pickup that's going to have future ramifications in stage racing for them. And then on the on the flip side, they have uh, I can't remember, Simon Simon Sajnak. He's twenty two. Uh, he got third place on a on a a Vuelta España stage, stage twenty one. On stage 14 of that, he got 10th. In stage 6, he got 6th. Stage 3, he got 9th. So he's, you know, young, but he's showing consistent top 10 results in a, in a Grand Tour. That's big, in a yeah. Grand Tour. And, I, you know, I don't go back, and I don't know exactly what types of stages those were, but just being that consistent means he was able to stay with the Peloton, stay, you know, so he's sticking around full stages and being up well, there. With, and with through him. a whole finish the Grand Tour as well. Yeah. No, that's that's really good, actually. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting pickup for them. You know, he's been on the team for a year or two, so it, it'll be cool to see how he develops. He seems like... I feel like I've heard this guy's name before. I mean, I would think so. I mean, we watched the, the Volta, yeah. so it's... It's just tough because we've had such a time off of cycling that we kind of forget these things. But I his know. name sounds familiar. I think I've heard Phil Liggett say it a few times, and I would imagine he's uh, made it slightly better sounding than I did, but... I mean, I would hope so. I didn't attempt, so... Yeah, I did. I butchered the crap out of it. Uh, going back real quick, I wanted to touch base on, you know, Zacharin. What, what are we expecting from him? I know you had kind of talked about him a little bit at the at the top end, but I don't know. It's a good pickup for him, for him personally. I don't know if it's a good pickup for CCC team. Like you had said, being on Katusha is really tough because they were a team that appeared based on results, not on talent that they acquired because they had... Um, they must have been, I don't know, you know, all these backstories. We were talking about more of these movie star documentaries we need of what's going on in these teams. Yeah. But they must have been just dysfunctional or something. It's just, yeah. they had talent on the, on the team. Who was the sprinter that retired? Oh, um, what's his name? I got his, German dude. I got his damn shampoo. I can't remember. I know. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name off the top. I keep, I always forget his damn name. But anyway... He won like he was on Quick Step and he won like four or five stages of the Tour de France. I know you know who I'm a, talking about. No, he was on Shimano. Yeah, as well. And I just can't remember his name, but he was on Katusha, and then they had Tony Martin. They picked him up, and then they had Zacharin was doing well. He had like almost won the what the Vuelta before he crashed or whatever. Yeah. And so like they had good riders, and they were really you know had a lot of stuff, and then they kind of just like floundered and didn't do any results. Tony Martin looked awful, and you know Tony Martin's had a resurgence going to you know team. Uh, ketones. So, you know, when he went to Yuma Visma, he got picked up his spirit. So I think there was something with Katusha going on there that wasn't healthy for riders because they all performed pretty poorly. Kittle, Marshall, Marcel Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they, to me, like, I don't know about him personally, like his kind of mental stuff, like, cause he kind of attributed his retiring to that, but maybe something on the team was just going on that wasn't good in, in that sense. Yeah. Where that was because they should have been performing a lot better. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why I'm saying for Zacharin, it's a good thing for him that he was able True. to find a team and they don't have any uh, currently big stage racing riders, so he has no one to pull from, so he's the guy. So it's another chance for him, maybe with a little better team structure, maybe he can top 10. or Get a he can time trial. Quintana resurgence over here. Not, I mean, he never... Beat his chest, you know? Like, he was never as good as he was. But, no, no. You know, but he has podiumed or almost won a Grand Tour besides a crash. You know, he was really close to winning or he was going to definitely podium, but he had an unfortunate crash. So he had definitely has potential for the smaller one. He'll never win the Tour, but 
you know, he could definitely win uh, a Spagna or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see if it was the if he has a nice season if he wins a couple stages or something in the in the Grand Tours. Because I think right now CCC team is not developed enough to compete to win a Grand Tour. No. But in this shortened season, I can see Zacharin being in a breakaway, winning a winning a couple mountain stages and get like himself a Dodge jersey. <laughs> you know what? That'd be you know that'd actually be a really good target for them. It's true. Yeah, I mean, we joke about it, right? Because the polka dot jersey is kind of a joke. But for Zacharin and CCC team, that's actually a real result. And so I think that would actually be good for him to go to the tour as a training camp, win the polka dots, and then go to the Vuelta and try to win. You know, he could even try to go for it if he's having a really good season. Or the same thing, pick up more stages. Because I think right now their biggest chance of getting world tour stages is with Zacharin. Yeah, because the classics are going to be so competitive because there's only like eight of them. It's going to be really hard for any person. Stack teams yeah. coming in. So it's going to be really hard for any one rider to really pin a hope on on a classic, even someone like GVA who who is really motivated. But with Zacharin on some of these little climb stages, he can just get away. Yeah, breakaways and just stage hunting in general. Yeah. So I, I think that. that's their best option. I think I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him get two or three stage stages this year. Speaking that's a big on that. bold, but that's what I'm going to, I'm going to call it. Speaking on that, better or worse than if, if you're thinking he's going to get potentially two or three, they had two World Tour victories last year. Yeah, I think they're going to have a better season. I think with him, I think Trenton has a real opportunity to win uh, Milan San Remo. But as far as stage, like the biggest opportunity for them is to win stages and tours and stage yeah. races. And I think they have the capacity to win three stages, or three World Tour races this year. I'm calling it even. I don't think they're going to win more than two World Tour. And that's completely fair. This calendar is a little weird. But I think with Zachary in particular, if Katusha was the problem... You got a lot of hope in him. I do. I don't know why. <laughs> but, no, I just think Katusha just had something wrong. No, agreed. Everyone looked agreed. off. Agreed, yeah. So, um, I just think if, if he's going to have a resurgent season due to the other team, and he has the raw talent there, and he's motivated, I think he's their, he's their golden child this season. Just because of the calendar. All right. So, I'm going to go better. I, I can't wait to look back on this. <laughs> this is a pretty bold. I don't know how I got here. Dude. I just talked myself into this shit. You kept you know, going back to him, and I'm like, all right, you you, you do you, as, as I like to say. Dude, when I was like, hey, let's go back and talk about Zacharin, I didn't think I was just going to start sucking his dick, but I, I think he has some potential here. I don't know. Maybe I'm just loopy today. Maybe that, that second nap of the weekend really yeah, put I, you off here. It did. That was a little, a little tiring, but you know, I had to get a nap in. Uh, well, that wraps it up for this week. Next week, we'll be talking about some other team. I didn't even look it up. I apologize. But <laughs> whoever right. is the team that was third worst. All right. We'll find out next week. Joke's on you guys. <laughs> See ya. See ya.